motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Leanne Kim. Leanne is a renowned business coach and community leader with 20 plus years of sales and marketing experience. She is the founder and CEO of Mamas & Co, an incredible online community for mama entrepreneurs. Leanne helps women build profitable businesses that light them up so they can live their wildest dreams. Thank you so much for joining me, Leanne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here as well. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Leanne today about her motherhood work juggle, about some advice for moms looking to run a business part-time or with limited childcare, and also about pivoting from full-time to part-time hours in light of our current COVID-19 pandemic. So, Leanne, to start off, I'd love to hear more about your story. So how did you start your business as a side hustle and then run it part-time for two years before making that leap to full-time self-employment? Oh, sure. I'd love to tell this story. <laughs> yeah. And, and part of the reason why I, I hope it's okay to share that I reached out to you and pitched myself to be on your podcast because I can see you're doing such amazing things. I'm so impressed. Um, but part of the re- part of the driver for that was that I think that when we are trying to dream big and we're thinking about where we want to be, it's so easy to look at somebody online and it looks like they've got it all together and that they've always been living this life and going, you know, full tilt twenty four seven. And we forget that everyone everyone who might look successful to us, they still had to take those first few steps. And so, and I had been feeling this way too, when I was looking at other people at the next level and I was reminded that, yeah, but they weren't always there. And I think a lot of people think that I've just been, you know, rocking this full-time business and motherhood thing for, for years. And the truth is it was only three and a half years ago that I quit my full-time job to really step into my full-time entrepreneurship. But what, what most people don't know is like, I was still, I was hustling before that. There was a lot of stuff happening in the background before making that leap and in order to make that leap. So that's, uh, that's what I'm really excited to share today. That's fantastic. Cause you're right. We look on social media and it's like the highlight reel and we're not seeing all that effort and energy that has taken that person to where they are today. And there's Mm -hmm. always more to the story. Totally. So I had my two kids back to back, like really close together. They're only 22 months apart. And even by the time I was um, leaving on my first maternity leave uh, with my first kid, I was certain 
I was so worried I was going to be bored because I love to work and I, I, I love to contribute and create. And so I, I did an MLM, you know, I, I did sort of direct sales because I thought, well, that will kind of keep my brain busy and at least it'll be a little something interesting for me while I have this maternity leave, like, like as if I didn't have enough to do, <laughs> you know? right. but, that, but before you have kids, you really don't know. And so I did that. I also, on my second maternity leave, I had started another side hustle business that was more creative arts-based business. And what I found through those is like, oh, I really love running my own thing. Um, but neither one of those opportunities were the right fit for me long-term. They were, it was just more sort of fun and interesting. But then after having my son, so again, like they're very close together. I only went back in between the two kids for like nine months. So I really, my colleagues used to joke that I was on the every other year plan. <laughs> so I'd work for a year and be off for a year and come back for a year. And, you know, so um, yeah, but after having him, something shifted in me and I was, I was certain um, that I didn't want to go and work for somebody else forever. And I was certain that there was more there was more that I wanted to give. I felt like my truest, most special gifts and talents were completely being wasted, sitting in a cubicle, selling someone else's shit. Can I swear? Is that okay? You can. Go selling for it. Selling someone else's <laughs> uh, And literally earning millions of dollars a year for someone else. And so after my second maternity leave, I took, this was back in the day, you could only take a year. So I took a full year with each kid at home, loved every second of it, except for the parts that you expect to not love, right? Like it's not, it's not blissful 24 seven, but I enjoyed having that time and creating my own schedule and being there for them. And it just worked for our family. And so when I went back to work, that's when I actually started Mamas & Co., which most people don't know. They think it, it came because I you know, wanted to be a business coach and that's not the case at all. I had these little side hustles and I was like, I wonder who else is like me? Like who are the moms that are also kind of dabbling in this business thing? And, and what I found is it was so inspiring. They, some of them were dabbling, but some of them had made that leap and that's where I wanted to be. So I literally just created a Facebook group and started hosting events so that I could be around these women more and more and just learn from them and, and ask them things. And then also what started to happen was I started to share my own gifts. And I said, well, maybe if you think you might like to learn about sales, if that's an area you're interested in, why don't you all come over for a glass of wine? And so 17 women sat in my living room. I did my PowerPoint on my TV and I spoke for two straight hours about like the basics of say, like sales 101. And one woman, she had just had a baby. She was literally falling asleep. That's how long I went on for. <laughs> but at the same time, something really powerful happened. About halfway through, I could see a couple of them like lean in and they were nodding and they were like eating it up. And, and I just knew in that moment, I was like, this is what I was meant to do. I was meant to help women move their lives forward through my gifts, through you know whatever means. And so I didn't know at that time it was business coaching. I really just like got addicted to the feeling of like something I'm doing is changing someone and helping someone. So that was not long after starting Mamas & Co. And it, it wasn't even called Mamas & Co. then. Um, it was called Moms with Businesses, like 
Talk about the worst <laughs> branding ever. But again, like I didn't know that it was going to take off the way it did. And what we found was just more and more women were um, wanting more balance, looking for more fulfillment. And it, it was like, I, I knew it was a trend and I was like, I'm going to ride this. And then about six months after that night is when I told my husband, I said, I, I am ready to not have to do this anymore. I'm like, I, I think I know what I want to do with my life when I grow up. And so I started just coaching women in the nooks and crannies of my day. I worked from home, thank goodness, you know, because I was back at the day job by this point. And I would just say, hey, do you, do you think you want some help with that? Like, how about we just book a couple hours together and you can pay me whatever. So I really was so, I did exactly what I tell people not to do, but you got to start somewhere. And, you, and that, that feeling of people are willing to pay me for something special I have is like no other feeling on the planet when you have, when you get that validation that what you're doing is helping. And so that's literally how I started my now business coaching, multi six figure business coaching empire was by coaching people an hour here, an hour there. Um, I built a course, but rather than make it an online course, I delivered it around my kitchen table to like four women that were like, sure, I want to learn from you. Like it was so old school and so clunky. And I, I, this is the part that I think most people don't see. So I, I ran my business full time. I would say between the two mamas and co and coaching, I did that for two years, um, pretty much steadily part time in the, in the wee hours where I could until um, it was sort of July, 2016, when I said, okay, I'm going to figure out my plan. I'm going to make the leap. And in six months, I'm not going to be at this job. That was, that was really like the turning point. But yeah, I did, I did a lot of side hustling for a long time <laughs> to get to where I am. Well, and your story is so amazing. And I think one of the things that really resonates for me is how you talk about that feeling. Because I think as moms, sometimes we can discount those feelings that we are having or push them aside. And I know for myself, Anytime that I was working, because I used to be a junior high, high school science teacher, you know, that time in, in essence is, can take you away from your family time. So if it's not feel, filling you and it's not kind of giving you those warm feels or those um, feelings that are wanting you to do more and try more and, and really reach out there, it can be really tough. And that was a big motivator for me in leaving teaching, which was really hard. But there's such a diff it's such a different experience when you have those moments in the work that you're doing that you feel really lit up mm -hmm. and you feel like you're making a difference. And I definitely feel that now, especially in my conversations with other moms and that with this podcast, but also working with my university students who are working towards becoming teachers, I feel like I'm really making a difference for them and really helping them take that step themselves. And it's, it's such an incredible feeling. And I feel in having those experiences through my work, it makes me a better mom. Oh, 100%. It makes you a better mom. And there's a couple of reasons why I think this is. But for one, I think that, that what you described, the, 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 it's the feeling aliveness. Or to, to say another way, like I wouldn't say it's, it's so much being in flow because I know that that's 
people talk about that a lot. I would say it's like when you feel like you're on fire and something is just lighting you up. And why that moment was so powerful was because up until that point for so many years, I hadn't really felt that. I, I, had, I was completing a set of tasks, but I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I wasn't feeling alive. And so once you have that it's, and, you, and you get that feeling of like, oh, I want more, it's really hard to shake that. But to, to your point of it makes us better moms, when you have that feeling and it's, and it's something that you get to experience on the regular with your J-O-B or wh whatever it is you're doing with your time, our kids see us as happier people and they want to, that makes them happier. They want to spend more time with us. I also think it shows them that it's possible to do what you love. And that's something that I think a lot of us were missing in our own childhoods when we look at our parents and especially we look at our fathers and they would sort of trudge off to work and be gone all day and try, you know, that was the generation. And very much it, it, it felt like, you know, life was about getting stuff done. And I want my kids to see that because I've chosen this path, that first of all, that they can also have any path they want. But it's the, it is the reason why I, I can take them someplace cool on a Friday afternoon or I can, you know, why we've been able to take three weeks off this summer because mommy works for herself. She doesn't have to be approved for that. So I think there's so many good things that come from our children seeing us in our element. I agree. 100%. And <laughs> I'm curious because you've made all these different transitions uh, with your work. What has that meant? And what does that look like with your motherhood work juggle? And how have you kind of made this work well for your family? That's a good question. I think it really starts with having a vision of, of the, mother, the mom that I want to be and how available I want to be for my kids. And so um, I'll be honest, like I was used to working a full-time job where we had full-time childcare too, uh, as much as we wanted. And so that was sort of the norm. But then starting to work for myself, I realized one of the things that was really important to me was that I was able to pick my children up in the evening. I was able to bring them home. We were able to have, you know, I, I'm not a good cook, but I enjoy the process of cooking a nice meal for my family and sitting down and eating it together over a conversation. Like there were just very simple things that I wanted for our family. And if I was still in that job, commuting as it originally was commuting downtown every day, I would have been gone 11 hours a day. Like I would have left the house at seven and been back by six and we'd be rushing, rushing, rushing all evening. And even just like I'm getting hives just thinking about those. We did have days like that um, after having my first child and before my second, that was our life and it wasn't a life. So I think as I started to get this feeling of I was meant to do more at the same time, I was like, and we need more balance, you know, and I know that word is, I don't know if your women say this, but it's triggering for some of my women. It can be, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, I mean, replace that with whatever you want. We needed more joy. We needed evenings that didn't feel like a hurried rush. We needed that to feel like our weekends weren't just recovering from our weeks and then we'd do it all over again. And so I really designed, as I built the business, I designed the business around 
the lifestyle and the schedule and the feeling that I wanted to have in this household. And, um, and that's something that has always been the case. I've, even though I'm pretty driven and we want to create these amazing things in the business, it will never come at the expense of my family or my kids feeling, you know, a lack of presence on my part. So that's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's not easy to do. Let's just say it's not like it's all falling in my lap, but I think when you head into anything with intention and, and just with the the idea that you're going to work towards it, you start to see what you want to see. You start to, you know, that starts to become life. And now if anyone were to say, Oh, you need to work, a 45 hour work week. Like you're just, I would be like, what? No, that's not happening. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the, the approach that you've taken has really allowed you, it sounds like to be very present in whatever it is that you're doing. Cause I know I, I completely dislike that feeling of just always thinking of the next thing or where we have to head next or who's going where. And to have those times, like those meal times together and to have those that that consistency right makes mm-hmm. such a difference it it brings a sense of calm for everybody rather just rather than that sense of being frantic and just yes. running around yeah and the word that you said that i think is so key is presence right it's not it's not perfect it's presence so one of the things that i've always found helpful is when i shut down for the day i shut down so probably to the annoyance of my team because they can't, I'm not answering texts after five. My computer's completely closed. The door to my office back there is completely closed. It's almost as if work Leanne doesn't exist come five o'clock or whatever. At at this moment, it's it's a little bit different because they're in summer camps right now, which is not something we've ever done this way before. But it, it, that, I think that ability to change gears and, and, and say, okay, you know, I'm shutting down for the day from work, whatever didn't get done today, I'll tackle that in the morning. Because also I'm not a fresh person at 4 p.m. Like that is not my best time of day. <laughs> no, I think that it's a hard time for many of us yeah. for sure. Yes. But I, I see a lot of women building businesses where they feel like they have to, they're, they're sort of the victim of their business and they have to be on their phones and they've got to answer those texts. And what if a client gets mad? And if that's the case, you've built the wrong thing. Cause you, we have to remember, we create this. It's not that anyone's telling us like, this is the business you have to go and build. So if you're feeling like you've got to be checking your phone or you've got to be on Instagram or, you know, those are all things that you have put in motion. And so my, my honest recommendation is if you're, if you're newer to your journey or you're still part-time and you're thinking about moving full-time, design the business that fits your life and not the other way around. Right. That's great advice. Fantastic advice. And I know there's so much about what you do that you love, but what would you say is something that really lights you up in your business right now? Oh my gosh. Well, I would have to say coaching my women, specifically the mamas and co a players has really been a true gift for me, especially this latest round. Um, It used to be a six month program. We shifted it to a three month program as a result of COVID. We just simply felt that people wouldn't want to want to commit for six months because who knew where we were going to be in six months. And so we made this leap of faith to create a three month coaching program that we'd never otherwise have entertained. Cause I, I do, I, as a coach, I do like to work with people for, 
a longer period of time to really see true transformation. You do need to give it time. But at the same time, we just knew there were women out there who needed our help, who needed that coaching and guidance and accountability. And so these women have had 90 days to work on a specific goal. And I, I, I encourage, I don't want to say forced, I encourage them to choose one major thing that they wanted to say, I did that in 90 days. And I allowed them to choose like a primary goal and then a secondary goal. And what's been really incredible is watching how they get there because most of them are there. And we're, we're at about day 75, I think, of the 90-day program. So most of them are, have already accomplished one, if not both. And some of them are very close. But what they've all said is like, it wasn't that the path that I would thought, or as you know, I, I, it may have been imperfect, but I got there. And so that to me is so much more important is, is helping these women move on the things that light them up that they've been sitting on for so long, or as a result of COVID or whatever, a lack of childcare, lack of time, they've been telling themselves wasn't possible. So when they come into this program, they're wondering, what's important to me? Can I make that happen? And then in 90 days, they've been like, hell yeah. And, and they're crushing it. And what is really cool, this, the piece that I didn't anticipate is how much they're supporting one another and cheering each other on. And they're going to each other's events and webinars. And they're, you know, a couple of them have launched podcasts in this time and um, they're all like listening and reviewing the podcasts of each other. So that's been really something quite special that I, I think it makes me so grateful to get to do the work that I do when I see it's, it is changing these women's lives. And yeah, that's probably my favorite right now. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. It's always nice to just see people finding that success and recognizing that something within themselves that maybe they didn't see or see to the extent that it was always there. And they're really taking action and doing incredible things and supporting one another. Cause I think in motherhood work, in all the things, just having that village and that community, experiencing those things together makes such a big difference. Totally. And I, I think, you know, the, the thing that I also want to mention about having goals is I think we as women can feel very validated when we're busy and productive. And so we don't just sit, jump in and say like, set your 90 day goals today. We walk them through a whole, I walk them through a whole exercise of creating their five-year vision and, and who do they want to be in that time. So they very much have this like big, bold vision of what they want to create, even though many of them were hesitant to go there. We get them there. And then from there, we say, now, what would be the project or you know, thing that if you completed that in 90 days would be the most aligned. So it's, it's, I'm not a fan of goal setting for goal setting sake. I really want to encourage women, whether you're part-time or full-time or wherever you're at, if you are the kind of person who's motivated by setting and achieving goals, make it something that's actually relevant to where you want to be long-term. And it is a long-term gain game and it is such a journey and in working hard, I think obviously it's important to play hard too and to have fun along the way. And I know that's a big part of who you are and the approach that you take. So what would be one of your favorite things that you like to do when you're not working? 
Well, the thing I look forward to the most every week is probably like our family Friday night movie nights because um, it's just a chance for all of us to reconnect. And our, our weekdays do not all look like this. Like I've got, I've got school age kids. So one night we're at cheer and the next night we're at soccer. And so it's, the week is chaotic. And so I really look forward to just chilling on the couch, making my hot buttered pop popcorn. I make it myself on the stove and the kids like always ask for it. And just having that time to connect it. That's like, I'm big on rituals. So I think if I'm thinking like with the family, that's probably one of the, one of my favorite things to do. I think I also like, I like a lot of me time. I'm really, I really struggled during COVID because I'm used to having this whole space to myself all day, every day. And then all of a sudden all these people were here and I was like, ah! so as much as I love them and I wanted the best for them, I really like, I really craved and missed my me time. So anything that, uh, you know, for me, anything that, that allows me to kind of get back in touch with me and I, anything that could be therapeutic. So I love swimming, especially outdoors. And of course, during COVID, a lot of the pools were closed. So I, w- I was literally like driving to the lake and swimming in the lake just to get that kind of movement. I find really, you know, just, I find it really relaxing. And I would say under normal circumstances, it would be like a spa day. That would be like a luxurious way for me to just kind of like do my thing. But there, are, I, I think I, I enjoy a lot of the things that you enjoy too. I love teaching. I love um, helping people through my podcast. Like in another th- favorite thing in my business would definitely be um, like sitting down with my mic and having an, a half day to record and I'll just let the ideas go. Cause that to me is like, it's so joyful to create, just create meaningful content for our people. Well, that's wonderful. And, and in hearing you um, share your ideas, I relate on so many levels. I'm also a lover of popcorn cooked on the <gasps> stove. Same. The only way. Right. It is so good. And that is definitely one of our favorite family rituals as well. And moving my body in some way brings me a huge sense of calm. And I also have struggled with having all the humans all the time. It's been a lot of togetherness, which has been good in a lot of ways, but it can be challenging even for the kids. I find Uh, they're, they're not used to being together quite so much, but we're, we're getting through. So that's good. Good, good. Um, And I wanted to ask you because you have supported and coached so many women who run their businesses, even part-time and um, even with limited childcare. Mm -hmm. So what would be some of the key pieces of advice that you'd offer other moms looking to do the same thing? Well, I think the first thing is you can do it your way and your way is perfect and beautiful. And, and I, although I know a lot of the women I coach wish they could get there further faster, um, I w- I, looking back, that was also me in the early years. And in hindsight, I wish I just enjoyed the ride more because you never get those first few years back or, you know, you never get that time, whatever you're at, you never get that time back. And I think we're always so busy looking to the next thing and the next thing and reaching that quote unquote success. So I think that would be my first piece of advice is it's okay to slow it down. It's okay to enjoy the ride and take it at your pace. And if you don't get to where you wanted to be yesterday, that's okay. Cause there's always tomorrow. So that would be, that would be my first piece of advice. Do, do it your way. 
I think the second piece of advice is like know your needs and then <laughs> go for those needs. So for example, I, I don't, didn't talk about this a lot, but I struggled during the first two months of COVID because that is already a time of year that I can't stand. The end of winter for me is like, blah, uh, especially here in Canada. And then of course we had our, our, like the vacation that I look forward to the most all year, which we intentionally push back as far as we can. So we have something to look forward to end of March got canceled. And so I struggled in March and April to get it together. Like I, I still had to serve clients. In fact, if anything, I had to be more there for my clients than ever before because they like as coaches, we all help women who are, or we, we help people who are going through challenging times. But what is not the case is they don't all go through challenging times at once. <laughs> And so all of a sudden I found myself very much in the trenches that, and we, and who saw that coming. And so those, and that was important to me to make sure I could be there for them. And I was, but what I also found was my schedule felt totally misaligned. I was building my schedule around my husband's work needs. So rather than communicating as a team and saying, I have a meeting here, you, I really much was like, tell me your meetings because I run my own thing, I'll work around it. But we weren't set up to ever do this. Like I never intended to run this business with somebody else here. And so something was kind of nagging at me in the pit of my stomach and it went on for those two months. And I just kept feeling like there's gotta be, I was so frustrated and I was so annoyed. I kept thinking there's gotta be a better way to do this. And for, a few, for several weeks, I thought, what if I just moved all of my work to the morning which would leave me free for the kids for the afternoon. And I thought about flipping those two and I thought, no, 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 no. I'm a much better coach and I'm, I'm much better in the morning. And so I sat on that decision for a long time because of all the things that we naturally think, you know, will my husband be cool with that? Will it work for our family? Will my clients be okay if I have to shift things around? And I wished I had just trusted my gut and designed my days the way I knew would at least be an improvement on where we were you know it didn't have to be perfect but i knew it would at least be better than what it was literally all over the place all day long i'd be recording a podcast then i'd be rushing off to take my kids on a walk and then i'd be coming back to coach for four hours and then i'd be you know the, cooking dinner it was crazy it was crazy that whole time let me just say if you are listening to this and you are a mother and you were home with humans and trying to get any kind of work done my hat is off to you that was a bananas period of time. And at least now, I think many of us have, have resorted to some kind of childcare or a better, a better system. So, I mean, all that, too, that's a long way, winded way of saying, I think you've got to design your days in a way that feels aligned to how you work best and how your family works best. And, and again, a lot of this is intuitive, but we shove it down because we think, oh no, we got to work our schedule around these other things. Well, when you create your schedule first, everything else starts to fall into place. So I went from working like quite overnight, working full-ish time hours to working 20 hours a week. So that's why I reached out. I was like, I'm very much the accidental part-timer now all of a sudden, but what was interesting about that is that whether I was working 40 hours or 20 hours a week, the results that we were creating in the business were about the same. Like we didn't take a financial hit because I had to cut back my working hours. And what that showed me was 
as a full-timer, I was frittering away a lot of my time doing unimportant tasks that just truly didn't need to get done, like at all. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think COVID really forced us to prioritize mm -hmm. in a big way and, you know, choose to use our time as best we could when we could. And those feelings that you were having, I sit here and remember feeling the same way. My husband is a, a principal. He had to go into work. And I also had to, my course where I supported student teachers normally would be in schools, which were shut down. So suddenly I was teaching an online course where I had to be present on Zoom for hours at a time. And then our kids were trying to figure out home learning and I was ready to have a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. It just felt like way too much. But miraculously, in sitting down and having a conversation with my husband, uh, because other people can't read our minds, um, yes. we were able to work out a plan um, where he went into work a little bit later and I could do what I needed to do. He could get the kids started and, and suddenly things just felt a million times better. So I think sometimes we just need to take that moment of pause and think mm -hmm. about what I really need to get through while well, in this case, a particularly difficult season and, uh, and, and talk about it and make, mm -hmm. and make a new plan and be open to needing to make a shift. Um, mm -hmm. And I know for a lot of us, this time was a significant shift in a lot of ways. Oh, was it ever. And you touch on two things that I, I'd love to just kind of briefly jam on. So the prioritize is, I think, such a smart way. I mean, a very succinct way of saying what I was trying to say is you know learning how to choose what does absolutely need to be done and then what is getting in the way of that and it's funny I, I coach women on this all the time and they'll present me with like oh this cool thing came up this cool opportunity and what do you think do you think it's a good fit and the question i ask them is is that getting you closer to your goals or further away because it's one or the other but it's not <laughs> it's not both and it's not in the middle and oftentimes they'll say yeah you know what you're right that's it seems cool or fun or valuable but it's a distraction to what i want to create so when you have big goals and dreams you are going to be forced to make choices all the time on where your time and energy goes. Even if you're the most efficient person on the planet, you still can't do it all. And we were never meant to do it all. So picking and choosing at different times of life, what is the most uh, crucial and what can be either let go or postponed or maybe handed to someone on your team. If you don't have a team, maybe you need to think about that because I really don't think that many of us were meant to do this all by ourselves. Um, so that prioritizing is key. But the other thing you said that I really love is being willing to, I mean, you said have a conversation, but I think it's really being willing to ask for what we need. And you're right. No one is a mind reader, but even so, I think, I think a lot of us women, even the most you know, courageous and evolved of us are, we still don't want to burden somebody else with our needs, right? We still think, but I should be able to manage this. And yet, when we simply can take the same courage and use it to turn to someone we love and say, I'm struggling. And I think what I need is this. Can we, can we figure this out? I think 
more often than not, our partners or whoever we're talking about is more than happy to help us do that. But it's getting to that point, having the courage to have the tough conversations and ask for what we need, even if it means running the risk of not getting it. Or even if it means, you know, hearing no, at least we've got to get comfortable with asking for what we need. And this goes for, you know, within your business, within your life, with your friends, with your loved ones. I think COVID taught us that more than, more than ever before is we're not in this alone, right? We are, this is a mutual journey for us. And the more we can find, this is why I'm so passionate about the coaching work and the, coach, the group coaching. The more we can find our people who are on a similar path, who can say, here, let me lend you a hand and let me make this easier or faster. I think that we're, we're just going to feel that sense of happiness and belonging, which is what we all crave at the end of the day, right? Yes. I'm, I'm reading Brené Brown's book right now, Daring Greatly. Oh, and so I good. just love it. And just her, all her thoughts around being vulnerable and the importance mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it can, be, it can be hard to be vulnerable and to say what you need or that things aren't going well. Um, but it can also be a very powerful thing that lots of good things can come from too. And you know what's easier than being vulnerable is blaming someone else for why, why you don't have what you need. And I see that a lot. And in fact, if there's one piece of advice that I could give your listeners to, you know, going from wherever they are now to wherever they'd like to be, it is take full responsibility for yourself and the results that you want to create because it's not your husband's fault that you don't have what you want it might be that you need to have some tough conversations with him or it might be that unfortunately we're seeing this a lot with covid like you might not be in the right relationship frankly but when we take full responsibility of and i don't mean that to sound insensitive i really i truly am coming from a place of wanting to help here when I say, when we take full responsibility of our life and our situation, only then can we start to really create amazing things, right? I think victimization, you know, playing the victim and blaming and complaining, these are very easy things to do. It is a lot harder to say, I am taking full responsibility for what is happening here. And Here's what I think I can do about it. Here's what I, how I think we can change the situation. That's, it's a hard thing to do, but I'd love to see more, uh, more women step up and, and take that full responsibility because that's when we can really start to, to live to the fullest. Well, and there, there are so many great lessons just like that, that we learn through work and motherhood and all the things that we're juggling. And Motherhood obviously is a, an enormous adventure and it's not perfect as we've discussed. And I was just wondering if you would be willing to share with us um, a mummy mess up that you <sighs> may have had. So it could be something you wished you had done differently, um, a learning opportunity that you've had, something that you might be willing to share. Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> I, I mean, I've got the same list. <laughs> I, I, I could fill a book just with my mommy mess ups. I would have to say, you know, there have been several moments in my motherhood journey where patience is not my number one strength. It's really not. And so there have, there have been several moments, especially probably in the last few months where um, it was a particularly hard day and I would have liked to be more patient and more present. 
and my reaction might have been um, not that. So I've caught myself, I'm just going to be honest, I've caught myself yelling at my kids when that is not something I believe is effective parenting. It's true, I'd, I'd rather not, but I found myself there. I found myself getting to that boiling point. And in fact, I did. I shot a, a video that ended up being probably my most watched video ever. And it's called, I, Today I Cried in My Car. I just, you know, it was April or May, actually. It was like, not. it was pretty late, but it was still feeling like winter. And I just snapped. It was like all of the things came crashing down. But because my kids were in the house, I had to go outside to cry in my car so they couldn't see me cry because I just really felt like they'd probably seen enough of that. So I, I don't know. I mean, those are those moments when we kind of reach our boiling point. There are definitely times where I wish I, ha- I had that to do over. I wish I could maybe have gone back and be a little bit more patient with my kids and be a little bit more understanding, especially moments where things were a little volatile back in those dark, dark days of the early quarantine and all that stuff. So, I mean, in general, those would be my biggest mummy mess ups or my big, the biggest things that I wish I had done differently, but like, seriously, there are so many, so, so many. And I think this is a great question that you ask because I, I think it's important that as moms, we understand that we all screw up. We all, you know, we are all going to mess up. There was, there was something that my kid was supposed to be at. I'm trying to remember now. There was a, it was an event or a performance or something that my kid was doing. And I just, compl- I got in flow in work and I completely forgot. Like, it's not as if I was busy or tied up. Like, I just completely forgot about it. And then my, I saw my kid and they were like, why weren't you there? And it was soul crushing. Like, the worst ever mommy moment because I was I was working and I just got in the zone that has never happened since that is something that I was really like that was a bad one so I've, I've kind of corrected my ways I often will say too when there's stuff happening at school I'll ask them like how important is it to you that I'm there is is it important does it matter to you and sometimes like especially as the, my daughter she's going into grade three now she's like no please don't come like <laughs> no yes Yeah, no, it's, it's such an adventure. And you're, and you're right. I think there's such value in having conversations about this, because I think sometimes we can feel like we're the only ones struggling or yelling at our kids or being impatient or forgetting to go and see our child do something or there's so many things and I could share so many examples that are right (laughs) along the same line as yours. And I think it just kind of helps us all just feel like just take that deep breath and realize that nobody's perfect and we're all in this together and we're all going to make mistakes and that's mm-hmm. just part of the deal and it's okay and it's, it's okay it's 100% okay and to that i would say you know if we can just try to jo- drop the judgment and and whenever we catch ourselves either judging ourselves or judging someone else, maybe it's another mother. If it, we're going to, because we're human, and that's a natural human thing. But if we catch ourselves doing it, if we could just kind of call our call ourselves on that and say, "Hey, like, let's drop that. Let's shift the focus to something else." I think that's a powerful tool to cultivate because it's so easy to judge, and and the more we judge ourselves the more we just kind of perpetuate that, you know, we're all judging each other. So I really try to, and I think this also happens when you start to build a business that's 
you know, starts to get known and like the other neighborhood moms know that you're kind of do something online and, you know, you kind of have to just be okay with being the odd one out. Like I am definitely not the mom that gets invited to the book clubs and the, you know, whatever, because I, I think they think I'm a little weird, frankly, like, I, <laughs> and the funny thing is in, in our neighborhood, I've got like two or three close friends but that's it. And I don't focus on those sort of surface relationships at all. So I know that every day I'm being judged for being a bad mom, being actually speaking of, I had, during COVID-19, we had a, a social media graphic that was sort of me frowning in the front and the kids in the back doing homework at the table. And I said, like, who's ready to be done with homeschooling their kids? Meaning like, this is so frustrating having to juggle and one woman reached out to me in my DM and was like, how dare you take your children for granted? And they are a gift. And I was like, whoa, lady, like, you don't know my life. Who are you wow. to be judging me? But, you know, like that when you when you build anything, full-time, part-time, doesn't matter. If you have the courage to put your work out there, you will be judged. It's going to happen. So yes. I think... If we want to, if we want to work on that, then we have to work on judging ourselves and, you know, judging others too. So that's, I think that's an important thing that we can work on. And I think we can um, start to change the narrative around that. I think that's so important. And Leanne, you've shared so many wonderful words of wisdom today. I'm so appreciative. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with moms who are listening who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles? Oh my gosh. I think my final piece of advice is um, just take it step by step. If you are a mom and you also want to work, you have something that is meaningful and you want to contribute, you can have that. And it's okay if that looks like a step-by-step -step journey. So wherever you are at is perfectly beautiful. I mean, we all start somewhere. And if, if some of you are starting part-time businesses, I mean, hey, you're in great company. I mean, look at Tiana and I, we started our things part-time. And, and I think just, you know, enjoy that journey, take it step-by-step. -step. Um, don't feel like you have to be somewhere else, right? Someone else's normal or successful does not have to be your successful, right? Your version of success is beautiful and unique. And for me, that was a big part of what I did to start. I just sat down and said, like, what does success look like for me, regardless of what other people want and have and tell me to want to have? Just what does a happy, fulfilling, successful life feel like for me and when you start there, that's when you start to create the things that you really want in your life rather than, you know, someone else's expectations. So yeah, that would be my final words of wisdom. Well, that's such a great way to wrap things up. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your time and all your words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Oh, sure. Well, I have my own podcast, which is called The Business of Thinking Big. And that's where I share all things business mindset, strategy, and 
intentional action. So I talk a lot on my podcast about all those goodies. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram, probably best places at Mamas and Co. So that's M-A-M-A-S-A-N-D-C-O. That's really more of my journey, but also the journey of my women in my community as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, Leon. It was so great to connect with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.